All right. Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Alex Friedman. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Denver, Colorado. Um, with me, as always, is Austin Shane, a chiropractor out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And we have a guest today, Mr. Jordan Rudolph. Uh, if you'd like to say hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Pretty excited to have, have, have the opportunity to just sit and talk a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, Jordan is one of my first bosses, actually. Um, when I was kind of going through my undergrad at UWL, I started personal training at his spot, which is Unity Fitness. Um, so he's been a business owner there. What's it been like? Wow. Six years, seven years? Uh, seven years to the day. Today was the day that we knocked down the first wall to start building it out. So we wow, made man, it almost seven years. Congratulations. Yep. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Oh yeah. So, so Jordan went out on a limb to, uh, employ me as an internship. I think that was his first intern actually. So first intern that soon, I think it took 10 days and you were officially then hired on as staff <laughs> and, and our, and our coach that was our, our, our current part-time coach went into the internship role. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm. Disrupting the status quo. That's, you know, what I'm known for. So the best thing of both worlds. We got to, <laughs> we got to use Alex as a, as a, as a staff member, team member right away, which is actually how we do all of our internship stuff now. Um, and then Sean, who was our coach at the time that went through the internship process that Alex was going to go through, uh, is now doing things that like, like it, it helped him grow more than, than anything that I could have possibly done about it. Just had him as a staff. So it was, it was good for both worlds. Oh Thank yeah, you. man. Yeah, I uh, I immensely enjoyed my time at Unity Fitness, which I think I was there maybe a year and a half or two years. Um, and then, yeah, and that kind of rounded out a lot of my, you know, initial coaching, um, I guess, on the floor presence. I uh, Before that, I hadn't been on the floor a whole lot. I've been in the UWL weight room a whole lot. But I always credit Jordan with two things, helping me manage stress on the coaching floor because um, – Specific to Unity, Jordan runs a semi-private model where you have, uh, when I was there, you had four clients on the floor with four individualized programs that you're helping coach through. And that is kind of my responsibility, um, which for people that have on the floor experience is a lot to handle. And then at times we have multiple coaches on the floor, which leads to, you know, eight to 10 people on the floor. And then it's like, you know, you have your four primary people, but you're not going to say no to helping somebody else or cueing something that you see. So you're kind of just covering everything out at the same time. And um, I love the model, but it helped me a ton grow as a coach with a coaching presence on the floor. And then the other thing I really wanted to thank you for Jordan, I guess is, Give me a really big insight into movement as a, as a whole and pertaining to building movement patterns from the ground up, progression, regression. Um, that's where I got to really cut my teeth on some of those things and see movement patterns for what they are and how they can apply to everyday life as well as athletics. So those are two of the most kind of valuable lessons that I gained from Unity, and I wanted to shout you out and say thank you right away for that. Yeah, appreciate it, man. That's that's it. the the fortunate part of that is I didn't know any better on how to do anything else. So that was just how <laughs> things were done, right? But at the same time, I'm trying to make everybody everybody that comes in there as a coach better than I am and and yeah. just and just trying to get them up to speed and like kind of how we did things at the time but also like how can I make you better and, and make sure that when you leave here, you know, thinking that that's probably gonna happen someday, how can you kind of carry forward like just anything that we can to make the industry better? No, man, that's, that's fantastic. And I certainly, like you said, learned a lot and got from it, but you had a high standard from the get go. So like you said, you didn't know you knew any better, but you were at the top of the, the standard pool. Um, now that I've been to other places and I have further experiences, like I, I know that unity has a high standard of coaching movement, um, service to the client, everything in that realm. 
But what I wanted to ask you about too, is kind of what we're on the topic on of like coaching coaches, right? So coaching your clients and your athletes is one thing, but coaching coaches, where, where's the big difference that you see there? How, what have you learned through your process of having interns, having multiple assistant coaches and, and things like that? It's, it's, it's a great question. The, the cool thing about the system that we have, like when you were there, we, we did the four to one, we actually operate through a six to one right now, just in, in terms of like, we have the bridge app. So we have okay. an app that can kind of show exercises where the person won't be like twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to come over to them. They can just pop open the app, look at the, look at the video. Right. Right. But the, but the thing about our system is that you have to get really quick, fast to be, to, to notice that you're good. Right. With yeah. the four on one or another six on one, but it also shows like how willing you are to learn, adapt, or maybe what your, what your holes are, right. So what yeah. the leaks, what the leaks in the bucket are. And, and that's what I like about it, where I get to kind of see the coach in action. And, and, and then I get to kind of pick out the areas that, they're maybe not good at right now, not as right. good at. And, and we can really jump in and tackle that. And I think that's where the process starts. It's not, it's not a, it's not a blueprint that we have to just go through the, go through with every single person that to an extent there is, but then after you get on the floor, it's like, okay, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. We need to work on this. And then it's just jumping in and, and doing that. And I think the hardest thing that I've noticed from getting that to, to transfer across, maybe at the same benefit that our members feel or that there, you know, there's just different energy and communication and, and everything else that comes across mm-hmm. is um, it's, it's, it's my baby, right? Unity fitness is my baby. So the, the, the owner is always going to have a little bit of a different feel to deliver information or deliver a coaching part of it. Yeah. And I think if I can get the, the coach, the staff to understand, or at least get somewhere onto a level where they know that they matter in this scenario and they have a strong uh, impact on this person's life sooner than later, then we can kind of get to that, that point faster. Or to me, it's like, this is my livelihood. Like if this doesn't go well, like I'm, I'm kind of fucked. Right. So I, I, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Um, but I really don't want to fail. So it's just like the fear of failing is driving me the fear of making sure like the reputation of my name and, and our, and, and the business. Now I can say our business with Mandy, uh, is, is there. And it's trying to drive home like that mission with the coaches right away. That's, I start with heart. Like I start hard on that first, but then we also get to see the gaps and what we need to fill with, with, with them when they're on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the backbone is the, the investment and the, the character that you're going to bring to the job. And then you really get exposed. Like I can, again, attest to in-person, you get exposed as a coach in that high energy, high intensity type of atmosphere where, you know, you're going to cue something. You don't necessarily have time to think about how am I going to cue it? So whatever comes out of my mouth happens, right? So that's where you can observe the coaching and then really get those technical points. Austin, you kind of run a similar model, like on your Saturdays specifically, right? Dude, I run a similar model. I, I didn't know you were semi-private, to be honest. I run semi-private for all my athletes other than, so when I'm doing just my performance training, it's all semi-private for the most part. Cool. So that's, that's super cool to hear because it's one of those things that I'm exactly what Alex saying is I, I operate typically like a one to three, one to four right now. Um, for at least four to five hours a day. I've grown so much as a, just on the coaching side of things in two years from doing semi-private versus just personal, as opposed to like what I could be doing where I'm just doing healthcare the whole time, because I have to cue, I have to figure out what cues work because mm-hmm. they're all doing three different workouts. They might be doing a hinge pattern, but with this one cue works for this person, this other, that same cue doesn't work for the person next to them. And I got to say different things to get the same goal. And that's happened to me multiple times. That's so cool to learn yeah. like the different intricacies. I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. That was like the big fascination. I think what I fell in love with the semi-private, it, it 
the stimulation that it gave me yeah. to, to develop and really dive in and just get better. And like every single day, they're so different. Like you can have the same six people coming in every Monday and it's, and it's going to be drastically different and all it is. And I think there's just like a newfound love. And I think just that, that constant, um, like you were saying that development there and what you have to be aware of and, 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 and work and kind of at the end of the day, it's a little bit of us working on ourselves, mm-hmm. but that part of that semi-private that really just, it was unleashed. Right. And, and, yeah. and just open the door and go. And the one thing I've noticed too, is that it's, it allows you to, there's like ups and downs in each program, right? So one person might be on their peak week. The other person might be on a deload. So everybody talks about having the same program, building camaraderie among people. I think it's actually the opposite. The fact that somebody's able to cheer on somebody else in that gym when they're on their deload and they're trying to hit a new PR that builds that camaraderie with my athletes that gets them to buy in. They become like brothers as opposed to if they're just doing the same thing. Yeah, they're all suffering, but some person might be doing a 30% and focused on themselves. The other person would be doing a hundred percent. They're in the same room, but they don't talk to each other. Yeah. So that's why I, I love the semi-private and everybody should do it. No, no more of this personal training <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> we, uh, we couldn't agree more. The culture that it builds, the community that it builds and, and, and just that camaraderie right off the bat goes through it. We, we actually start people out because we have the one to six model. We do start one-on-one for two sessions right. just to get them familiar with the coach and get them familiar with language, understanding the apps, make sure they have a little bit of confidence behind them. Then after that, we're like, yeah. And then if we ever see a one-on-one on the schedule, we text the person ahead of time, like, Hey, just let you know, you have a one-on-one and our pe- our members don't like it anymore either. Right. There's like, there's, <laughs> there's only like five that'll be like, Oh, cool. I'm still coming in. All right. Uh, we'll see if we'll see, we'll see you in a few hours. And then there's other people like, you should have texted me. Like, I don't ever want this to happen again. Like this sucks. Like literally the coach was just watching me oh, yeah. the entire time. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like I guess. And something like, I still remember we had one person a month ago. She's like, don't you have something else to do? Like, you can go check your computer. I'm, I'm fine for five minutes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll walk in the back room. <laughs> so oh, they, they don't like it anymore either. The one thing, uh, oh, yeah, I, have yeah. a, I have a question on the semi-private. So the one thing I struggle with is I can't do assessments in a group setting for the most part because mobility stuff. I know you're a big TPI guy. Do you do your assessments? Are you able to do those in a group setting? So if we do them... Uh, it's, it, we make it part of their ramp. Like it's the first thing in our ramp is what we call our warm up. So right. if, if we plug anything in, um, it's, it's right away. Or if there's a quick moment where I can step through, if the person's got something going on that day, our version of an assessment or and screen is the TPI part of it. And then yeah. it's like, okay, we maybe are not doing uh, a single leg for like, you have split squats oh, today. We're going to hold off those. Right. But everything else on the assessment side from a, more of a, I'd say a formal standpoint is done as a quick, like 15 minute, uh, catch up appointment that we'll, that we'll do with the coach. Okay. Sweet. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like the semi-private again, you get like quadruple coaching experience. Cause you're on the floor. You feel like you're actually coaching versus like twiddle your thumbs one-on-one. There was a sense of community. And like one of the biggest things I loved about it was the, like the sense of autonomy that the, the athletes and the clients have, like, I'm not there to hold your hand and, and like, give you the reps and sets or whatever. Like, they're doing their workout and I'm there to assist, like truly coach in a coaching fashion. So, um, but yeah, semi-private rocks and I should start to implement it is what it sounds like. percent. <laughs> we, we, what's funny is we did it by accident. Like I eight, nine years ago when I was at the other gym, the, the first gym, I scheduled two people at the same time and they both came in, both ladies walked, like I was at my desk in the back and they both tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around, I'm like, Oh, Hey, Hey, Faith, Hey, Lois, like, what, what's going on ladies? And it's like, which one are you training today? Like, uh, <laughs> both, both, both of you. 
like, well, I had me down at 10 and you had me down at 10 and I had one of them written down in my notebook and one of them texted like come down at 10, but I forgot to check gotcha. the notebook. Right? right. So I'm like, Oh shit. And Lois lived literally three houses away. Faith lived three minutes away. And they're like, Oh, well, I'll come back in an hour. No, I'll come back in an hour. No, I'll come back. I'm like, ladies, both stay here. The session's on me. We, at the time we did them like five, five sessions yeah, yeah, at a yeah. time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't worry about it. So we they're like, seriously, I'm like, yep, my mistake. Like, sorry, like we'll, we'll still get a good workout today. I promise. We go through it and they're like, hey, charge us this workout. This was as good a workout as we've ever gotten. And we actually had more fun. Can we do this again? I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. And so we started doing it. Then another lady saw him and she's like, hey, can I join them? And I was like, uh, it's, it's their session. You have to ask. So they asked, she asked and, and Faith and Lois said yes. And all of a sudden I had three people that I was seeing, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. that now are coming in at like, I think we switched to nine or 10. I can't remember the hour, but three hours a week instead of nine. Mm-hmm. And I'm making more per hour and all of a sudden I cleared up six hours. Right. And I'm Thank like, you. yeah, this, this is, this is going to happen real fast. And, and that progression of how fast and how quickly that kind of transpired and happened came into fruition of how I wanted to train at the gym, snap fitness, um, basically led to probably my demise of me just leaving and quitting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, because that's I'm like, you should do memberships like this. We should get them locked in. Like, I don't want to do any more package things. Like let's put them up in a membership for a year. Like, let's switch everything over. And, um, and again, I thought I was the only one doing it. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm trying to figure out like some different stuff and how to run it. And then I find like Alan Cosgrove and that's like how he ran things. I'm like, shit. Like I thought I was the first one to come up with this. And, and he's got like an entire business mentorship built around semi-private. So learn from him. But yeah, it's, it's the way to go. Like it's, it's more energy, the camaraderie, everything we've just talked about. Right. It's, and, and as the coach itself, like as a coach, we also benefit from it too, which, yeah. Again, I think it, it ultimately like it, it helps make or break the coach. Like I always worry about that when a new coach comes in, like, oh man, this is going to either crush them or, but we find out faster. I mean, you find out right away. There you go. Yep. And there's your interview process and internship interview process. Perfect. Yep. Um, so we talked about all the assessments. And so as far as assessing, you know, building movement patterns up and pr- progression, regression, like one of the things, again, I credit you with is like building movement patterns from the ground up right? Like I, uh, maybe I have a client at unity that's never done a deadlift before. Just like, it's not part of their life experience. Right. So one skill that I really appreciated from you, and I would love for you to elaborate a little bit on like, um, whether it's the Mike Boyle method or, or how you learned this kind of movement and functional type of training, and then how that like comes to fruition and, and where you see that applying most with your clients. The Mike Boyle, the, the, the certified functional strength coach, CFSC, that they, they have a system. They kind of have that idea of like having this, the, the quick cheat sheet on the floor with the coaches that they can look at like a model of an exercise and have like progressions, progressions written on it. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of got the idea of the ladder. And I think that really just opened the door of how functional movement systems builds their progressions and through FMS level one and two, and then how that carries then over into the CFSC and then the combination of the dynamic variable resistance training, DVRT, Josh Henkin and Jessica Benzo, what they've done. I think it was just kind of like my brain tried to figure out all of the shit at once yeah. and everything was coming in at once. And it was just kind of like, how do we make this work? And it just turned out to, to be what it is. And, and I think there's a, there's a strong foundation to um, Gray Cook and Lee Burton and, and all of those guys and how foundational movements kind of like always going to come back to that and, and how we can kind of make everything better from that if there's leaks. But the, the system of the progressions and the progressions 
and then learning how to do it maybe through a more of, uh, more of a, uh, not just through load or just through movement itself, but adding this dynamic variable resistance training piece that DVRT offers uh, is where, is where it came on. Right. And, yeah, and then I yeah, think yeah. hanging on with, um, with Dr. Matt Haverill, who was dynamic physiotherapy, who was at the gym for a while. Um, he, you know, it's one of those things where like, gosh, like this person's not doing deadlifts, right? So they always go back to glute bridges. Like why do they keep going back to glute bridges? Like, why can't we just do a lighter deadlift? <laughs> and it's, and it's going after glute bridges. I'm like, oh, I might be onto something. Right. So it's, it's just kind of like looking at what happens in that scenario and still trying to make sure that we're still covering our basis of the pattern, right? It's looking at the pattern and, and how far down the spectrum can we go on one, one end or the other? And uh, where can, where do we need to stop to kind of deliver that efficient session or that defi- uh, that efficient workout or movement pattern in that given moment? Yeah. It leads to like a, a beautiful, like conglomeration of like multiple methods, as you mentioned, but like you can think of what's the best, um, method for this person in front of me, whether it's like you said, a sandbag with a dynamic variable resistance training, hopefully that's right. Um, or whether it's a kettlebell, right. Cause you can do swings, cleans with both. So it's like, um, what's the best progression for this person? What's the actual skill that we're working on? Because, you know, strength is a skill movement is a skill in itself. So how can we progress that and really learn and ingrain the pattern? And that's what I've been one of my like passions as far as introducing variability as a means of learning, right? I think a lot of people introduce the variability to get past a plateau or to progress and, and things like that. But I think variability in itself, like if you do a kettlebell swing with a kettlebell and then you do it with a dumbbell and then you do some sandbag swings or, or whatever, you're going to learn the swing so much better than if I've only ever done kettlebell swings. Yeah, I agree. I agree that the capacity through there, you know, through, through all those realms and just testing the, the, the system that way. Yeah, you're still training essentially the pattern, but everything else becomes better from it, right? Yeah. yeah. One of the cool things too from CFFC or CFSC, correct? That's Mike Boyle stuff. Yeah, too many uh, they, acronyms they, in this I know, podcast. I know it's not even no, it's not it's, even the normal ones either. It's not like DNS, which I say ninety times an episode. It's just yes, the laundry yes. list of certifications <laughs> that Jordan's accumulated over the years. But, it's filthy. Yeah. But what, what Boyle does well is the lateralization aspect as as well. That's, that's probably what I've gotten the most out of looking through the CFSC materials is there's all of these different options to do the same goal, which I feel like a lot of coaches overlook. That's one of those things that going through the ranks, some athletes just don't like certain workouts. Well, how do you get the same effect by doing a different exercise? That's where I I love all of Mike Boyle stuff because he, I think he has at least like 10 like lateralizations for each exercise based off pattern, which is yeah, nice. at least, yeah, at least we, we started going down that rabbit hole at unity for a bit. And, and I still have the document. Like it's just this massive Excel document where it just keeps I going did the down same for, thing. Yeah. And, and then it got to that point where it was kind of like the madness thing. It's like, when does this, when is this bastard going to end? And I'm like, I just got to stop. Like this is, this is too much. I know I spent, I spent a whole hour doing it like just of my time. And I was, it was during my preceptorship. So I was sitting there and I should be working with other people, but I'm just locked into this Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) And then I had the exact same realization. I'm like, I could literally do this until I go home and then do this again tomorrow. Yeah. I got to fucking stop. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was crazy. Setting out like an exercise uh, menu or whatever, like all of your exercise mm-hmm. library. And that's just mm-hmm. endless, which you put all in video format by now, haven't you, Jordan? We have 2,300 videos, I think, of, oh, of our exercise library. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought I was doing good with like 400 during COVID, but I don't know, well, I'm like building a fighter's at like 50. <laughs> I mean, luckily we had Emily 
uh, you know, we put up when, when COVID happened, we had two or 300 up on YouTube, but then we put two or 300 up in the next day or, or, yeah. or she went to the gym for a bit, did it. And then I went back in and did it. And then we were just upload, upload, upload. And then it just, it's one of those things now, like, like I have, I have two that I got to put up right now or four. And, and it's like, man, how do we not have that up there? We have 2,300 videos. Like, how do we not have that up there? And sometimes it's just as something as simple as a medicine ball, like half, <laughs> half kneel chest throw. And we're like, how do we have that up there? That's a, that's a butter, bread and butter exercise that we can do for people. Like, how is that not there yet? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a new program that just launched today for our golfers for, for in season stuff. And there's a wide stance inchworm and there's a resistance band, single arm, uh, T or single arm pull apart. Right. There's just these little ones. And they're like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, shit, like, I forgot to get those on, the, on there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but it just, we just keep going and we've already started, so we can't stop now. Emily's like, right. Jordan, we already have two, like it was back at like 1700. She's like, we already have 1700. Why would we stop now? I'm like, yeah, okay. That's like, true. Yeah. <laughs> have you found any tips for, I guess, streamlining the process of video editing? Because that's the reason why I don't put up a bajillion videos is because it takes me probably to do the caption and the edit about 20 to 30 minutes of video. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, we should probably do more captions like in the later ones. But we we don't do captions. We just record on the phone, okay. edit, splice, put them up on YouTube, and and then just go. Um, yeah. And then while well, one's uploading up on YouTube, I'm already editing the next video to splice <laughs> down to get it back uploaded. So I like by the time I'm getting you know the first one's done, you'll see like the next nine videos are already in the upload mode, and I'm like, yeah, okay. done. So I, I batch them. Do you use InShot uh, by chance? No, I just use the regular, regular. Uh, oh shit! You just thought. Oh, yeah. you have an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, I have an Android, so it's just the regular, regular video yes. maker gallery thing. Suck yeah. This guy. This guy. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to look at that then because I'm trying all these different apps and it takes me forever. I'm like, maybe yeah. I just gotta follow. I gotta talk to you more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have InShot and I have Viva Video, and then honestly, man, the one that I just use, I just use the gallery button the gallery button right on the, the standard one right okay. and, yeah. and then i just click in the video edit it and then i click from that upload yeah. and and off and running how long do you just do like a 20 second demo and multiple angles or, or sorry we're getting very <laughs> no. technical on this videography right here but it's a touchy subject because <laughs> when, when we first when we first put the videos up it was for it was for people that were that we weren't seeing because of covid right we had no idea how long this thing was going to last <clears throat> so we were making these videos that went through instruction and some cues and then go. And all of a sudden we're watching like these videos are a minute, 30 seconds long. We're like, fuck, like that's, that's way too long. And then we see people when we get back in person, people in the gym are just taking the video and like scrolling halfway through just so they can see, Oh, I remember what it is. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> like, all right. So this is, this is way too long of a video. Yeah. So our goal now is try to get under 45 seconds, um, get right into the movement, lightweight so we can show and talk and, and demonstrate at the same time and it's a strict it, 99% of our videos are just a one angle of that we feel is the best angle to show it um and and we go so it's it's one or two or three instructions maybe one cue and and there's a kind of a format like the title of the exercise positioning and instructions how to do it title of the exercise again do as prescribed for reps or time both yeah. sides title and Nice. Yeah. So imagine this, this is something me and Austin disagree on again. Um, so I put up, I put up like 15 to 20 second clips of me literally just doing the movement, no audio, no nothing. And then I hit um, title the exercise. Right. And then all the description says is exercise demonstration. Like I'm, I'm not messing with any of the instruction. Like, I don't know. I again have my own qualms with online training, but anyway, 
Austin does the minute to two minute to three minute explanation. I feel like it works though, because you do all like you do the exercise demos and then I take the really big patterns like, like the trap bar deadlift and I break it down all the way through. So it's almost like an exercise demonstration with all the cues I use with where you need to be. Yeah. And then they could literally just go to the, like, if you ever see when I program on true coach, I always use your videos <laughs> because for the most part, the people I program, like the people, if they come to see me and it's just in their true coach, they already yeah. know what it is. They just need the video. Yeah. See, I feel like that's a win for me. Right. Jordan, Jordan agrees. Right. Thank you, but Jordan. if you're going to teach the movement, say it's <laughs> online coaching and you've never met the person, you'd probably need to describe what's going on. Yeah. They need to watch that video once, but they need my <laughs> video a couple times. Exactly. But they need the video once. So it needs to be made. <laughs> By There's both, it, it's funny because like if I were to do it again, if we were to start this all over, I would probably do it more of like how Al, closer to what Alex is doing. Yeah. But when I was first doing the videos and we had the couple hundred up from my first few years in the business, we did them closer to like what, what awesome, like you're doing. And now yeah. we're kind of in between. Right. But yeah, now right. it's like, it's like son of a bitch. Like, I just want to get these done. Like, let's just show it. Go, show it, right go. Home, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But yeah, online trainings had to kind of had to have been a big inv- uh, innovation and adaptation for a lot of people in the field as of what, two years ago now when, when COVID started, but yeah, almost to the day too. Uh, that's what, yeah. Two years in one month. Yeah. There you go. Well, so what are some of the biggest adaptations and adjustments that you had to make Jordan? Because, and sorry, let me go on my little spiel a little bit is I was super averse to online training because of exactly what I had been kind of explaining. I don't feel like I can do a great job cueing, instructing, coaching, um, programming and prescribing exercises. If I don't see the athlete, if I don't have conversation with them, if I can't really tell what's going on, like I would through an app based surface, but go force my hand. We adapt. We want to keep people moving, keep them healthy. So we go into the online format and get an app, make the videos, do everything that you can to still provide service to your clients, to your athletes. Um, so that was kind of my struggle with it was like, how do I still provide a quality service and experience even though I'm somewhat like quote unquote limited. And I know now that I like limit myself in a lot of capacities, but that I'm limited via an online format. Yeah. It's, I think all three of us can agree uh, on this, for example, that all three of us would rather coach in person than online. And we're, and we're, and we're, we're built for more. Yeah. We're yes. built for more than in person than online. And that's, that's going to show up for the people that kind of have done both. But at the same time, like you said, we were kind of thrust in this position where, we had to do this to survive and we knew that there was, there was going to be a, a need for it. And, yeah. and so we did it, man. I remember we were in, we were in, we were at LA, we were in LAX when uh, we were in LA when, when Trump announced like it's a pandemic and, and, and this is going to be a real thing. And we were in LAX when like the world was shutting down and I, and I made the call at unity that like, Hey, we're closing tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I think it was that day we were, we got bought the Wi-Fi on the, on the flight and I had connected with bridge, which is a form, which is a similar form to like true coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we had connected, we had just met the CEO or somebody from them at a, at a convention and I'm like, Hey, we're in like, let's, let's do this. And by the time we landed uh, on the way home, I got a hotspot and, and we had everything started and uploaded. And on Tuesday, I spent time calling all the members. Like, we're switching to online. Like everything's online. You're going to be taken care of. And Emily spent time just building generic kind of programs for everybody to at least get up and running. Um, 
but that, that online focus, we, we definitely grew the online membership that we, I think we at one point we had like 15, 16 people. And I think now we're at, I think now we're at like maybe five, five or six. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely don't feel, we don't feel like we do so good in person and we feel like we're so much better in person. We probably don't feel like we do as much of the service to the online, but I'm telling you guys from, from hearing other people that have come to us that have had online coaches or from me, um, I even joined a couple online coaches just to kind of see what they were doing. And I I actually hired active life, uh, for, for a bit when, when, uh, when the pandemic, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, I'm going to do something like someone's going to take care of me in this time too. Like I I'm sloughing, like, let's, let's get this shit together. Yeah. Uh, we do. And I'm, I'm, and just because I know you two and hearing you two and, and, and talking and building a fire and apps, cause I know you and, and also just proximity of the, of the show. I know we do better than what they've done. And I know it from a personal standpoint too, like active life was awesome, but at the same time, like it was like, I, we blow them out of the water, what we do at you. Right. Thank so, you. um, just from that standpoint of a service, right. Do we get the same coaching? Absolutely not. But the service that we deliver is, is, is by far above. And, and I probably am more of an annoying online coach. Like I'm checking in like every other day. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Hey, saw you did a workout. Like what, what went well, what didn't go well? How's my, how's my nutrition been today? Like, I can't see you. I can't talk to you in person, but this is just how I like to communicate with our members in person because I see them almost every other day. So, um, this is what you, this is what you get. You signed up for Like if I'm being annoying, let me know. Yeah. It's because you care and, about people. It's, exactly. It's the number one goal of somebody in cause fitness is healthcare. Like, yep. like it's the number one goal of somebody in healthcare is you got to care about the people you work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's the, that's the, that's the big thing too. Like we, I think we all have that reputation where someone's coming to us to solve a problem and and we're in that service industry of they hired us to solve that problem for them or help them out so we're we're, we're here to help like we're here to, yeah. to deliver that service but man there's there's a lot of bad online out there oh yeah well and it's funny there's so a lot of bad in person too but we there's a lot of bad in person too. <laughs> but it's funny because like uh, for the people listening so jordan was actually my younger brothers uh, my brother did his internship as well and the one thing Jackson said, he loved it. My little brother absolutely loved his time working with you. But the one thing he said he got that he uses every day, because my brother works in service right now. He's a, sale, he's a sales guy and he works uh, at a bar. The thing that he does, he's like, I learned how to care better for people. I learned how to be interested in people and how to actually like care about the people in front of me and not just kind of like glance over what they're doing. Because Jordan, he said, he's like, because Jordan makes you know the details. So for people at UWL looking for an internship, this is the dude. For anybody, yeah. because he like that's a big thing to say, especially my little brother's a pain in my ass. <laughs> like he's a pain in the ass. And for him to have that type of quality, I just want to say thank you because that's that's a huge thing. And we need more people that care for people in this industry. I appreciate that. And I, I I really, really do. It means a lot to me to hear you say that. We we recorded our episode, our next episode of the Ufta podcast today, and we talked a little bit about this whole uh, the, the dichotomy in the fitness world of like aesthetics versus like self-love and body image and, and, and body care and all this stuff. And my ultimatum at the end of it was like, at the end of the day, we still have to care for the person, yeah. like whatever it is they're going to be at in this fitness world. Like we still have to care for the person, not just slam the person. Yep. Um, with also keeping in mind that sometimes people need slamming and, and, and they, sure. right there, there's that piece of it, but man, just, uh, being interested and genuinely interested in people and genuinely interested in seeing them succeed is kind of where, you know, we really want to see, uh, that happen from that, from that standpoint. So it's cool to hear, okay. uh, hear that Jackson was saying that. Oh yeah. No. And that, that kind of leads me. And I wanted to ask you about, I know you just started that podcast. What's the name about it again? The Oofta podcast. Oofta. Oofta. Like yeah. Can you, can you spell that for the people wanting to listen? Yeah. U F F D A exclamation point. 
That is not how I was going to spell it. So I'm glad I asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, 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 this started off, man, like somebody at the gym, there's this thing in Spring Grove, which is a small town uh, in Minnesota, just west of us. Great, great soda factory. Great soda. Great soda. Yeah. Very, very, very good. So pop. Sure. Pops. (laughs) Very, very good bourbon now. Uh, so okay. a shout out to rock filter distillery, which was the, the distillery that actually got me into bourbon because it was so fucking good that I couldn't stop drinking it from anywhere else. And now it's like a bourbon connoisseur, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can go on, but they, they, they do this thing called the Ufta fest, which is kind of a Norwegian heritage thing. And then somebody in the gym was going through a finisher, a big cardio metabolic set of something. And she got done. She's like, Ufta. And I'm like, yeah, woofda, like with a W. And she's like, no, woofda, like with the UF. I'm like, oh, like that's onto something there. So then yeah. it, we sit on it, kind of start saying it, and then a couple other members kind of started doing it. So we made the shirt, and someone's like, that that should be the name of your podcast someday. I'm like, yeah, it is. We'll start it tomorrow. <laughs> All right, sold. <laughs> and that's basically that. Honest, like that just happened like a month ago, right? We just started the show, um, uh, restarted again, like officially as a podcast, not just like a Facebook Live thing. But yeah, it's just it was meant to surprise. Uh, to to surprise and kind of entertain and exclaim, you know, our take. And we're just trying to, uh, the ultimate goal is to try to open up some doors and more so thought process, uh, processes of people um, and health and fitness and everything in between. So they can actually start thinking a little bit more clearly rather than just being kind of sold down one end or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of going into that in-between line and, and really discussing that openly and, and hopefully just having people make a decision when they're better informed and kind of seeing it through the middle. Uh, they can make that edu- the educated decision for themselves rather than just being sold into something and just screwing our industry up and screwing our community up, whatever it is, even more. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. And the more and more I listen to you talk, Jordan, it's like, I don't know. I, I hold the word, like the word coach in a very high esteem, right? Like the word coach has a lot of meaning to me as far as um, like genuinely helping people achieve their goals, caring about them, as we've already talked about, like wanting to provide for them and wanting them to learn within themselves, um, just multiple things. And like, like, I feel like you're a true definition of the word like coach, because you want everybody to find success through, you know, any means, whether it's listening to your podcast, getting a new train of thought on things, whether it's the tough love where you kind of have to slam them in person and tell them you're not achieving your goals or whether it's, um, you know, being a shoulder to cry on for whoever, but like, that's like the true essence of coaching. And I think that's, what draws a lot of people to you and like what definitely makes unity unity is the, the care and the, um, the wholeheartedness and the genuine nature that you bring to unity. Yeah, I think at the, I, I appreciate those words as well. And I think at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do. I really, yeah. really am. I want to see that success and I want to be a part of it. Like it, not, not to take the, the, the benefit of like, see what I did for that person there. Yeah. I just want to see people succeed. Right. I want to, I want to know that the world's doing better and that person's doing better and, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I like to come home to, to hear about. Right. And, and, um, the benefit is just being part of that journey. Like I, 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 Alex, I don't remember if this is something I told you back in the day, but like, I, I'll do work at unity, even though it's hard to get work done just so I'm there to like, see the person hit their PR yeah. right? Yeah. or hear them tell Emily, like, Hey, I could reach out and tie my, my kindergartner's shoes yesterday and not have any back pain. I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's the stuff. Right. So I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm not, if I'm not there, I don't hear those things. <laughs> And I'm I'm selfishly like always listening. And that's why I'm always listening. I want to hear about that stuff. Well, yeah, you are the culture. You're ingrained in the culture, right? Which, which again was our our point in the semi-private model. Like you can grow the culture, but 
as much as you're busy and frantic as a coach, I feel like you're open and exposed to more of your clients' personalities and to every because everybody's doing their own thing. Nobody's really like just there to be instructed or just huddled off the corner doing their own workout or everything. Like you're truly present with everybody that you're with. And so I think that's, that leads to a lot more of that culture piece that we kind of talked about. Yeah. I always feel like I'd be a mess. We're actually trying to work with a a local college right now to try to be involved with their strength and conditioning coach. And um, I feel like that's going to probably be what carries over into that rather than kind of doing like the full team workout. Like there's going to be aspects of like individualization and personality. (laughs) Like it's going to drive me nuts if I don't do it just because that's the only way I know how to do things. Right. Um, but at the same time, like still delivering like the bulk of the workout is what's needed and, and still making those modifications as needed. But we, yeah. I'm always interested to think about like, you know, the standpoint from where you came from and where you had the team coming in, like, could I do this from an standpoint of having 20 kids come in or 20 athletes coming in and get this done, like in the same impact where I feel like I did my part, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a more of an internal debate for, for me, not the people. Yeah. Yeah. What what a clash of styles of physical activity, right? Like there's the semi-private, like where we've been gushing about this whole time. And then like there's collegiate strength and conditioning, which is like, get shit done, march to my fife, be on time, be in line, do what everybody else does, but do it harder with more weight. And it's like, yeah, what a what a clashing of cultures. But I I wholeheartedly think there's a, a middle ground or a way to do it where the athlete's not disserviced by you running amok or not spending enough individual time with everybody. And then there's a way to not do it so militaristically where, you know, everybody gets the same cookie cutter, whatever. So I, and I think that's something that is being done. I'm sure on some level at some university, but definitely not the majority of the time within a collegiate setting. So that's a really cool take on it. Yeah. 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 Hopefully it keeps them through. Sorry, go ahead, Austin. Oh, you're good. Uh, I I feel as though I was trying to think about it when Alex was talking. I think that there, like, right, there's a need for both. Like you said, there's a middle ground. But when we're thinking about just from a, I I wanted to talk to you about business because you're seven years to the day and running a successful business. But like, there's different cost benefits to each model, right? Some people can't potentially do a semi-private model. Like, there's some, like, some amateur fighters because building a fighter. Some amateur fighters are making no money. So how can we give them at least some sort of care, even if it's not up to the standard that we're talking about? Right. And that's where like doing groups, like a college team is such a, such a crucial part. Cause you can run a session for 20 people and at least give them a little bit, at least yeah. give them something versus just them, not them going and doing push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups until their low back hurts and they have a herniation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely better than nothing or, or doing that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. Um, one thing I did want to talk to you about business wise is networking. The one thing I also heard about you is that you are the networking, you are fantastic at that. Do you have any tips for people wanting to like get into networking, getting like talking to different people in the community? So I hate network networking. Um I hate I, I hate I hate talking about myself. I hate talking about like, <laughs> oh, any, I know. anything. I feel between, like that right? that's that's what leads you to be good at networking or like lets us trust you about networking. Yeah. Right? Like the guy that says, Yeah, I love I love getting people or like meeting new people and shit is like, all right, what are you trying to what are you trying to get? <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, I think what happened is I tried to do a couple of those like BNI groups and I, I like, I was sick to my stomach being in this, like I probably walked out with sweat down both armpit, <laughs> right? Like just not for me. Like it, it just felt so fake, so old school. So like, um, like, like, like just, uh, not genuine. Like everybody had to be there and be fake about it and, and, and do the thing. And I hated that piece of it where, Oh, I can't wait till it comes to me. And I need to tell them about it 
you know, my, my gym exactly like how they're doing it and go to the next thing. I think the, the networking piece, um, works best though, when it comes down to that is if, if it's for the people again, right? Like I always bring back to the people. And, and I think why we have such a good connection with several chiropractors, doctors, and physical therapists in this area now are because of, uh, the people that we've worked with together. And then our members, um, I think just coming back to that, like genuine care about them when they come into the gym and they feel like they're genuinely cared about, we'll, we'll spread that to other people and tell people about it. And that can kind of just introduce those doors, open those doors and introduce us into new conversations there. Um, but I'm the guy, man, at like events, I'm on the back table. I am back to the wall, <laughs> the furthest away from like all the people. And I just watch and, and I'm like, I see why you minutes. and Alex get along. Yeah. Like if, and I'll give this people two more minutes. Like if I don't have to, if no one's like looking over here, come talk to me in two minutes. Like I'm out. Like no yeah. one's going to miss me if I'm not here. Right. right. Um, you ever seen the cool. office? Yeah. With yeah. Jim, Jim at uh, the Robert California party. You take a picture, you say a meaningful thing, you leave your home by nine. Get out. Good night's sleep. It's, it's, oh, it's dude. that total thing. I think a lot of networking is forced. And I don't like things being forced. And, and that's why I, like, I will never join a BNI group. I will never do that type of thing. Like they just feel like they're forced. And, and it's my total, like I could easily be proved wrong. Right. Yeah. Like I probably had two bad experiences and I just don't like it, but I don't like the forced aspects. I think things should come naturally. And if you guys are meant, if we're meant to meet somebody, network somebody to be a part of like our team, our network, it'll, it'll be wise. Like, so, uh, the funny, the kind of like a weird networking story. We were at a fitness convention when Unity was actually opening the, uh, which would have been probably within the next week or two for the, what is the beginning of May, the lacrosse marathon, the half marathon, the fitness expo that they did right before it. Okay. So, uh, Joel Ludke, um, Oh yeah. I think, yeah. I think AJ was there. Yeah. Um, gosh, who are the other guys that were there? Uh, this was seven years ago. <laughs> we, we, we were opening unity and we had like our blueprint on the table. We got a booth just to tell people about it. And Joel and AJ, and I think, gosh, I don't remember who else was there, was in a, on a booth to our left, couple down. And they were, they had this foam roller that uh, could come undone like a PVC pipe and then it fit in like a hand roller, a mini band, a resistance band. And they had it in there and they were calling it something. And I'm like, man, I just saw a guy from CrossFit down in Alabama that actually had that you like you stole their design like you stole the design you bastards that's not your design you stole that from them so in my head i'm like i'm not talking to those guys like they're trying to take credit for some sudden idea that's not theirs right and now like those guys are some of my best friends um and we we met we met through uwl stuff and kind of going through that but i didn't talk to them at this convention even when they're like there's nobody coming through the doors anymore they're right next to us and i still didn't like go stay high Right. And it wasn't because of the foam roller thing. That's just what I remember. It's just because I'm not good with introducing myself with people. Um, it's one of those things as an introvert, like I'm more ready for, like, I'll talk to you if you come talk to me, if you need something, but I don't need any conversation from you. If I don't know you, like, that's, right. that's just the way I feel. And if I do try to go up to like, I remember the first time I went and talked to Alan Cosgrove, I couldn't even talk words and my face was beat red. And I was, <laughs> I was, I had a squeaky high voice and he's just like, yeah, you can do that. Like I was, I was, trying to tell him I could raise my rates at the gym and as an independent contractor. My boss won't let me. He goes, you're an independent contractor. Yeah. Then you don't have a boss. Like you have an owner, but you have a boss. You can raise your rates. Oh yeah. Okay. And done. Right. So yeah. Introverted makes it very hard for me to do that. <laughs> I know, but you're, so why I brought it up is you're the purest definition of your work speaks for itself. Your culture yeah. speaks for itself. You don't have to be the guy that's talking to everybody that you don't have to be the politician. And you have, I mean, I'll, I'll say it as somebody in lacrosse, like you're the gym. You're the, you're the spot if you want to get training done. And that's the coolest thing is that you don't have to be the one that says, oh, I'm the place to be. Everybody else says it for you. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Talk is cheap. Talk is yeah. cheap. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, I don't know. That reminds me, Austin. That's like a Game of Thrones quote that I fucking love, right? It's like any king who has to say, I am king, is not really a king, you know, or there's no king. So it's like, it's, uh, I don't know, do the work rather than pound your chest. I think that's a, it's like a moral to live by in general, but. Pound your chest is kind of cool, though. Looks cool. <laughs> yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. Are we all that's gonna- exactly <laughs> what, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I used that quote yesterday too. The Fugazi Fugazi buried us. It doesn't exist. Oh man. I think is a cool guy. Have Super you read cool Green guy. Lights, Jordan? Read and listened to it like three times. I all right. The audio book awesome. is amazing. It's yeah. When he did it, okay. I did it the first time. Um, I didn't catch everything because I did a lot when I was working. I didn't think I'd like it so much, just kind of hearing his voice, right? Soothes the soul. Yeah. Uh, and then I listened to it again and I took notes. And then I went back and just kind of skimmed those notes. Uh and let's do it. I haven't listened to it probably quite a while now, but yeah. 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 All right. This next one on my list then. It's good. Is, is that going to be a building a fighter book club? Yeah, I think it probably should be maybe, uh, maybe next month. Have you finished the five rings yet? I've started it and <laughs> I've read enough of it to realize it's not a great book club book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that'll be our next one. He's got a couple, he's got a couple good. Have you guys, have you, so Alex, you haven't read it, listened to it. No, I'm but Austin, you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of cool things in there, like oh, just yeah. lifestyle lifestyle stuff. There's a lot of things to make you start thinking differently. That's actually like one of the big things that made me want to start having kids was just his like viewpoint on kids, and like right. the only thing he ever wanted to be at the end of the day was a dad. And then just kind of started thinking on that more and more. And then I, when I listened to it the second time, I was like, oof. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that he could teach his kid and like, he's going to nice. be a really fucking cool dad. Right. Cool. So it's, it's well, kind of cool. Yeah. Listen, listening to it. You can hear why it like, it sounds bad, but like his voice is the way it is. Like his like calm demeanor oh, and everything, yeah, all the crazy that. shit that happened in his life there, he got out through all that. And now he gets to chill and just be a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I love that book. It's good. Well, it's real good. Do what you else have, are you, oh, oh I was going to, I was going to say question. We always ask our guests. Do you have any books that you'd suggest for people? Ooh, I think you guys Let's have go already, strength coaches, strength coaches. Yeah. So or personal oh, development. Oh, oh, yeah. how, how are we, are we labeling here? Is this what's happening? Am I, am I supposed to get offended <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah. You're okay. labeled strength coach. What if I'm a performance <laughs> coach? My, my email signature says performance coach. A semi-private performance coach. Mm, so. Soon Soon to be. Be. <laughs> um, so the funny thing is I always tell the new interns and the coaches that start with unity. Um, I don't need you to read another strength coach book right now. I need you to read a book about how to talk to people. So you guys have already talked about this book. I, I'm pretty sure it's how to win friends and influence people. Yep. And it's just like the, the art of listening and what to listen for. Like, I think if more people just like you, you guys nailed it on the last episode of like communication with the healthcare thing. And when that stuff's happening and you have multiple people involved, the communication part of it starts with listening and knowing how to listen and not being so eager and wanting to respond without with, if if you're just trying to respond, you're not listening anymore. Right. So uh, that that's a big book. It's a little dense, but super, super good. Um, So I like that one. The, the best, I, gosh, I haven't read a strength book in a while, but um, I can't remember the names at the, the, the books at the gym. I can't remember the name of it. It's two Navy guys that, that um, wrote, it. it's a brand new book came out last fall. Um, I'll send it. I'll send it to you guys. That's a, Emily's reading it right now. Uh, one of the best books like I've read in terms of like the, uh, the science behind it okay. and, and what it's done. Um they have like protocols for helping people like run and how to test if you're like, if it's a muscle thing, if it's an oxidation thing, you know, whatever else. And then the training behind it. Okay. Is it the sports it, performance Bible? No, Shit. no, it's not. I tried that. to Google it for you. Sorry. 
I might be able to, I might be able to kind of ping it up while we kind of go through this. Cause I sent it to, I sent it to uh, one of my good buddies, actually a coach that I worked with at snap. Um, uh-huh. Who's getting back into it. His wife reached out and she's like, Hey, what, what can we, what can we do for, for Antone? And I was like, Oh, he would love this book. It's totally based on research. And these guys are military like him. Like he would eat it up. And he said, yeah. like, seriously, do like the best book I've read. Well, so the cool, the cool thing about that, sorry, going back to the other book, cause you were looking that up. The cool thing about mm-hmm. how to win friends and influence people like that, exactly what you said. It caused me to like force myself to listen more. I almost like I listen, I've, I listen too much. Like I get to the point where I'll just wait like an extra second or two. And they look at me like, oh, okay, you're done. <laughs> and I'm like, no. I like take it to the other extreme. And sometimes I catch myself like, oh shit, I have to, like, I got to respond now. I can't just listen anymore. Yeah. I yeah. I think, I think there's something to be said about being comfortable with silence. You know, yeah. I think that that's a, that's another kind of genuine human trait is like, you know, like it's a, it's a level of like, um, vulnerability that you're giving to your client, right? Like, you know, I'm going to stand here and say nothing and you're going to say nothing to do your exercise. And that's okay. You know, like not, I don't have to fill this with fake bullshit. Right. So I don't um, have to ask how the weather is outside. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. My least favorite question. But yeah. I totally get what you're saying with the listening piece. Like that's how you get to know people. And then that's how you ultimately ask better questions to get to know them further. Right. Rather than, you know, like you said, being young or I equate it to being young, being active and be yeah sorry i just got a weird notification on my phone. but um being young being so eager and so ambitious to like tell people what you know it's like calm down listen and then show them what you know and that'll be a hundred percent more impactful yes the, the the little sneaky trick that sometimes we I, I help our coaches with at unity to get them out of uh get them out of pickles or or give them time to think is like hey remember the listening thing yeah, yeah, yeah. like just keep listening and have them talking or ask a question so that you can keep listening to formulate your answer, like stall. Yes. Right. Yeah. I literally just told that to one of our new coaches the other day. I'm like, just ask another question so you can stall for your answer <laughs> to know like what to say back. You don't forget if you need time to think about it, ask a question just to stall and, uh, and podcasting and tip. Back. Do that there too. For everybody listening. <laughs> no good transition. Yeah. Uh, stay on topic. <laughs> just ask yeah. another question. No transition. Another question. <laughs> Another question. Let's just keep moving on. Yeah, it's it's worked literally as like you guys can attest to it. It's worked every time. I yes. couldn't find the message because Instagram doesn't save them all. But I am I'm going back to when I I, I got in. Yeah, oh, good, I got dude. an advanced copy of this book, and I know I took a picture of it because I sent it to Emily because I knew I'd never remember the name. Here we go: "Building the Elite" by Jonathan Pope and Gr- uh, Craig Weller. Okay. Building the Elite. Is it on Amazon? Because I just got it is on Amazon today. It is. It is on Amazon. Phenomenal book. Um, cool. But there, there's so many good strength and conditioning books out there. I think there's there's a lot of old ones that probably don't get read enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like the, I like the, I, again, looking at the person and, and, and I think you become the better strength and conditioning coach by, by again, like knowing how to talk and work with people. So I like, oh, yeah. I like that book. Um, the, what is the, what is the one that we're going to read as a team here soon? It's, it's the crisis, the, uh, oh, oh yeah, gosh. yeah. I know what um, you're talking about. The, the outcome crisis or the yes. crisis. Yeah. Oh, whatever it's on. called. It's in my audible. That's going to be the next team read. Nice. I'm say I don't read. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't read a lot of strength conditioning. Can books you read more? Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I figure it out. <laughs> I got through a master's degree. Okay. I figured it. I out. don't a lot either, Alex. I don't a lot either. Like it's it's when I got the building the elite. Like I read a lot of it right away, and then I just started going through the ideas of where it went, and then Emily 
bought it and like read it. So now she just gives me the information. So like, nice. it's better. Like now I won't have to touch it again. <laughs> right. Right. What, uh, what non-strength training books are you reading or non-fitness industry books? Cause I Brad know you're, Thor. You're, a, you're a noveler, you're a noveler, right? I am a noveler. Yeah. Brad Thor. Um, I am okay. going through the entire, I think he's got 20 something books. I oh, started yeah. with number one during COVID and I think I'm on 14 or 15 right now. It's, it's the read that I do before bed or sometimes early in the morning when I wake up before I want to do work, kind of get the brain going. I'll, I'll yeah. read a chapter or two. Um, but Brad Thor military based, um, kind of a mix between like the, the, the old school show with Kiefer Sullivan on, tw- on Fox 24. Right. Kind of a mix between like that, maybe a little uh, born identity, James Bond type of thing. But um, oh, man. yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It, it needs, and, and Brad Thor has gotten better at writing through the whole thing too, which is, which has been good as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. We were talking about our like podcasting experience and like listening to our first one back or like you said, like identifying this writing discrepancy from his first book to his fourth book. Like it's cool to see that evolution as you mm-hmm. like reflect on things. Right. Because it's, and it's hard to build up the courage because the first time you do something, you're probably going to suck at it. Right. But Dude, then we deleted our first four podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like not, not off of it. Like they didn't, they never got published because we're like, no, that's too shitty. We got to do it again. No, it's too right. shitty. We got to do it again. It took four. And then to the get first, our first one, one we published was still shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I remember vividly, I stopped one right in the middle. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I agree with you though. Like you just got to be good at like just working through that shitty part and like getting better as it goes. And at the time that sometimes the, what you guys said in like your first episode was probably better than not saying anything at all or getting this started at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Just had to get it going and and had to get it up and running. Um, I was looking for the name of that book and I can't even find it on here either winning. I'm finishing up winning uh, Tim Grover. I'm, I'm just wrapping up his book right now. I've probably got 30 minutes left to listen to. Is it, hold on, is the one called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss? No, that was, no. I figured that was the one. That was a very good book for everybody out there talking about arguing and shit. Nerds. Oh, cool. Nego- be, negotiating, yeah, really. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> There's books. Something, something crisis. Um, I don't, I don't do enough physical books towards that anymore. I do a lot of audible. Yeah, uh, yeah, same. I do that. I do that instead of podcasting most, most often. Now, like your guys' podcast, actually one of the few that I do listen to. Um, yeah. yeah. So I listened to building the fighter, the comfort uh, crisis, couple, the comfort crisis. That's what it is. Yes. Michael Easter. Yes. The so day, that's, two that's, days after Easter. I was going to say an uh, appropriate name. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's probably going to be our next team book. I've been saying that for six or seven months now. So it's probably going to happen within the next two or three, six or seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It'll, it'll get there now. Eight months is usually that, that nice ticket tipping point. There you go. Um, but yeah, Brad Thor has been my big one. Uh, but again, read through like all the Game of Thrones, um, read through all of them, and, and Brad Thor just kind of really uh, caught me. And I and I like the characters, and I like the development of all that stuff. So it really, just kind of lets me uh, get away from the world and escape into the fantasy land for a little bit, and, and just escape and, and uh, get all that other shit off your mind, right? Decompress a little bit. Yes, sir. That or slaying some noobs on Halo Infinite. That's that's those are the two. Oh yeah, you've been you've been up on that. Yeah, yeah, I try. Awesome. I try. I'm not very good anymore, but I try. When are you going to join was... the real guys and jump into virtual reality? Oh, Ooh, boy. Yes. That's been yeah. our conquest recently. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The Oculus Rift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Slaying orcs and shit. I guess I'll have to do it soon then, right? I'll probably have to move that downstairs. Otherwise, Mandy will make fun of me forever, which is fine. <laughs> Oh, the videos that Lisa has of me playing with Alex <laughs> and me like diving down and jumping up. And it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh man. Yeah. Mary 
one of Mary's favorite things now is to sneak up on me when I have the headset on and really like fuck with me or like blow in my ear or something. And like, I was telling Austin this the other day, like the video is great and it's immersive, but what I didn't count on was how like environmental and important the audio was going to be. The audio like sets the precedent. And like, even though there's no in-ear pieces or whatever, it's still like, I don't hear anything in the house or like going on. So I'm like completely lost in the void. So I was playing a hockey game and you're like, so you can skate and you yeah. move your arms and then you hit the board and it makes the board sound. So my body, my brain recognizes I'm like, Oh, I'm going to hit something. I just flew right into the wall, like four steps behind that. Cause I fell. It was the worst. Oh, I almost okay. put a hole in our wall. That is bizarre. I would definitely have to go downstairs, get the dogs away from me. Cause I would be attacked by the dogs for sure. So, so a worthwhile investment. if you can't tell that we're, we're on board. Oh yeah. I like it. I like it. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that then. Uh, I don't, I don't know anybody else that plays it. So that's, so I was hey, like, well, you know, you know, two guys. That play now it, I know so two. The two cool I know two. Yeah. And they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, Jordan, did you have anything additionally you wanted to add or bring to the table as we kind of wrap up? I know it's way late, but it's probably almost 10 o'clock oh, over yeah, there. But... Two hours ahead of me. Yeah, right. So um, did you have anything else that you wanted to plug or put in? Not really, guys. Just just do keep doing your thing. Uh, I think I think the uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of big wigs out there that get their million listeners and everything else. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of underneath that, 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 that we know we're raising the bar. Like, Alex, I always bring up to people like we did that podcast episode where we kept putting that barbell up higher and higher that episode like raising the bar. Right. Yeah. Uh, I still think that's being done and it has to come from the bottom. I think I, I, I talked about this at, uh, in another podcast, I think it might've been Cripes, Corey Cripes podcast, fitness lying down. Um, I think the, the shift of like, we talk about like fitness as healthcare and, and, uh, getting our, our, our voice heard and kind of reimagining what this is going to look like in fitness and, and strength and conditioning. And um, Austin, like what you guys are doing, I think it starts with us. You know, the more we can kind of close that gap, it does start from the bottom dwellers, if you will. And we got to overtake some of those, those kings up top, if you will. And then we have to kind of keep pushing that way because if we keep doing our job better and better and, and um, the recognition will eventually be there, but if we keep doing our job better and better, the other guys are going to have to do better or they're going to have to get off the pot, right? Because they're, they're not doing their job anymore. And so I I think building a fighter does a lot of that from, I don't know daily shit about MMA stuff aside from what I listen to what you guys say, right? (laughs) Like, like I get my information from MMA from you guys um, or maybe a touch here and there, like Pat McAfee will talk about it here and there. And my buddy Danny two guns will talk about it here and there. Yeah. But like my information from MMA comes from you guys and, and listening to Austin kind of talk about his end and Alex talk about your end. Like, like I'm learning something here, like, right. And, cool. and I view you guys as experts in that scenario. So just keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's all I want to say. Oh yeah, sir. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, where can the people find you get a hold of you? If, if you want to open yourself up to that, to our millions of listeners that are going to storm your inboxes. Um, yeah. Use a couple more followers. Um, (laughs) so I'm personally on Instagram at Jordan 22 R J O R D A N two, two R, uh, unity fitness is unity underscore fitness underscore la L A underscore cross with an e um but if you just find jordan 22r you'll find you'll find unity fitness off of that um we're on facebook and everything else too uh, unity fitness across and that's that's kind of our two major platforms and and you'll find a way to communicate maybe through one of those if you have questions and stuff like that sweet, sweet. man well we love what you're doing at unity i again i'm very appreciative for the role that you you've played in mentoring me and my coaching journey and so um thank you man thanks for joining the podcast and we really appreciated having you on oh yeah thanks yes guys. 
Thanks, guys. This was a blast. We'll have to, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to get you on the OOFDA podcast someday. <laughs> Heck oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Yes, Spell yes, that yes. one more time for the people at home. The OOFDA podcast. U-F-F-D-A. <laughs> okay. I definitely thought it was a T, so I'm glad I asked again. OOFDA. OOFDA. Sweet. Right. Well, this was Building Fighter. Thank you guys for listening. And we are out. Oh.